Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O. Hey guys, on this episode, we're going to talk about how to facilitate learning and get results from your clients. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm really well. I love this topic. I think it's an important one. It is. And it's hilarious because the unsexier the topic, the more I love it. Like facilitating learning and <laughs> <I> result. <laughs> As I was saying the topic, I was trying to think of uh, a way to make it more sexy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you like it, if you like it long, you know, long paragraph titles, then let's go with it. Yeah, totally. And and so I guess the reason why I like it is that this is the why of coaching. Yeah. Is you're helping your clients get both learning and results. Yes. Uh it's uh it's the um revelations and execution, you know. It's the mm-hmm. uh and the results I think is it's really important because uh, at the end of the day, the coaching is about results. It's not just about, uh, you know, unlike the clinic world about just processing and going deeper, co- coaching is about how are we going to actually change your life? Yes, so much. And I and it also, this is such a great topic because this aspect of learning is very, very different from the awareness that's created through therapy. When When you learn something through coaching, you're actually building your toolbox mm-hmm. in actionable ways. And so it, it not only creates the results, but it gives you the tools that you need to sustain them in other thresholds of your life. All right. So let's talk about um, step one, creating awareness. Yeah. So we can't do anything without awareness. And when we're thinking about, okay, I have a goal, I want to change, I want to grow, I want to do something in my life, I want to move across country, I want to change careers, step one literally has to be, well, what's different from what you're doing now and what do you need to do differently in order to move forward? Yeah, and I got to say it's 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 hard or maybe even impossible to be um, especially if you're uh, new to working on yourself, uh, to be aware of yourself. You know, it, it really takes another person, you know, to hold up that that mirror. Yeah, and the aspect of mirroring really specifically has to do with new thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, the role of emotions in your life, and the different interrelated factors that affect you and your behavior. Right, and so we're not. Um, telling clients what to do, we're you know keeping our angles and and our own um, perspectives, opinions uh, to ourselves, but we are uh, playing back what is happening for the client, so the client could actually be more aware. Yes, and the way we do it is through mirroring, of course, reframing, you know, repeating back to our clients what they have said, but also offering our own insights to clients. And that's that is something where I think this is where people get really confused around, well, am I giving advice? Am I not giving advice? So, let me um explain a little bit around how to do this. So, if if you, for example, have a client that repeatedly brings something up and it becomes a theme for you, it would be really appropriate to say, hey, I have an observation. Is it okay if I share it with you? 
And then you say to your client, you know, you've brought this thing up like 15 times. It seems to be getting in the way. What do you think about my observation? So pointing out what's happening um, at the same time, being neutral about it, uh, asking for permission, and then, you know, uh, showing the client what is happening. And, and then awareness happens and the client can actually see whether it's thought patterns or, you know, whatever is happening that, that the client didn't see before. Oh, yeah, 100%. Or even just, you know, common sense stuff. We know that feelings aren't facts. But when you're having really big feelings about something, it can sure feel like a fact, it can feel like the sky is falling. So, you know, part of creating awareness too is holding up that mirror and, and directly asking your client to distinguish between things that are big deals and things that are trivial based on where they want to go. Yes. And also, what about um, highlighting strengths in clients? Ooh, that's huge. Yeah. Championing them, championing yeah. their behaviors, 100%. And I got to say, you know, it's uh, you're not just being a cheerleader, because I think this is one of the uh, mistakes that uh, um, coaches who are uh, like baby coaches and coaches, especially who have not been through any kind of uh, certification program, um, they, they tend to just be cheerleaders and, and they're saying that you can do it, you can do it. But, you know, that to me, that's not coaching. Yeah. So let me model how, how to champion a strength in a coaching way. So, John, one of the strengths that I have observed in you over the years is that you are a very, very good and deep listener. And when we have conversations, I feel that your focus falls exclusively on me and I feel that I can trust you to give me insightful feedback based on what I've actually told you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Not I, I love, I love, you know, when you, when you speak, unlike me, cause I'm just, you know, scattered. Um, I love how everything is just so perfectly articulated. It's like a, it's like a perfect sentence with no stutter. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, this is so as we're, and, and then you mirrored a strength back to me, right? So these are both things that we're walking away with. And we're like, oh, wow. Like we're really good at that thing. Like I should, I should <laughs> lean into that. I should right. do more of that. Um, and then, you know, that leads us to our next point of designing actions. Once you have that awareness of your strengths, what's significant, what's trivial, what behaviors are getting in the way, um, insights from your coach, then it's time to do something yes. with that information. Yes. And can I just say one thing about strength? Uh, you you have to kind of earn that, right? Like you actually have to have a relationship with your client. So for example, if Noel said that to me and I've only known her for um, – a day, it wouldn't land, you know, it, I would just be thinking she says that to everyone. So as a coach, once you have a uh, authentic relationship with your client, that that championing their strength, uh, it hits harder, it, land, it lands better. It does. It yeah. does. And that's why we take time in the beginning to build that trust and intimacy with our clients. Right. Yep. Right. And then once we're there, it, it creates really rich soil to move people to action. Mm. And Action falls into two buckets. You're either learning or you're experimenting. Mm, that's interesting. Learning or experimenting. So let me set this up. Um, a, a goal, a main goal is called a meta goal. Mm -hmm. And when we're playing around with goal setting theory, we know that if you're really 
pushing somebody to a flourishing life, it's important to set goals that feel just a little bit beyond your reach. Because if you don't feel a little bit freaked out by your goal, you're going to stay in your comfort zone. So how we actually move people forward in life is to set the goal just a little bit outside of comfort. Yes, this is actually the rule also um, to hit flow states. It's like you can't be too comfortable. It has to be a little bit scary, but it can't be so scary that you're not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, think about this with um, weightlifting, right? You can't stay at the same weight. You won't grow your muscles. Right. But you also can't jump 100 pounds because <laughs> then you'll get because hurt. Because you'll hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it, it has to be this balance. And part of the value of coaching is being that safe harbor where somebody can say, okay, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to push myself just a little bit further than is comfortable. Um, John, my entire relationship with you has filled that capacity of pushing me just a little bit further <laughs> than I am comfortable with. Yeah. And you know what? For me, for me too. Um, and I, I like that our pushes are coming from a place of, um, you know, love, there's consideration, uh, there's trust, right? There's all the elements that you actually need uh, with, with coaching client too for the push to be uh, powerful, for the, for the push to be, you know, uh, invited and accepted and then executed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I love that you brought up how that trust really holds the whole thing. Um, it makes it feel safe to do. It makes it feel safe to do. Yeah, I think without trust, um, the push will be returned by a pushback. <laughs> yeah, you're spot on. And so, you know, we're setting the goal. And then what do we need? So when there's a meta goal, there's a main goal, it's a stretch goal, we need sub goals. We need leveraged goals along the way that support this big goal. And they're either action steps or new learning. You either need to learn how to do something or you need to do it. Those are your two options. It's pretty straightforward. And this is, I think, where um, young coaches get a little bit lost. Learning goals are super valid. If you don't know something, you have to learn about it first. You just can't go out and do it. I think learning goals are the beginning. Um, but even, you know, even if it's, even if what you get is just learning from a session, I mean, that's still good. That's still productive. That's still, um, cause I think a lot of people put, um, a lot of, uh, weights on, on, on results. And, uh, if results aren't coming fast enough, they could, they could feel like they're not a good coach. Um, but learning itself, you know, the idea of having revelations or clients having learning that I think that's, that's important. It's huge. It is. Well, so yeah. let's think about somebody who has a goal of, um, increasing their physical fitness, right. Mm -hmm. And they have a tricky relationship with movement. Um, if I were coaching this individual, I would want this person to learn in a safe way all about different kinds of movement so that they feel like they're in the driver's seat mm -hmm. and then choose an activity that feels doable to start with. Right. So empowering the client, right? Mm -hmm. Empowering the client. And then that new learning is an, is an action step itself. And then once you've se selected, say, okay, you know, I'm going to start with hiking. Well, now what do you need? You need boots. You need a trail map. You need to figure out where you're going to go. You need to set the date. You need to commit. You need to follow through. And then, um, then we celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of the, the rule where you, you meet the client where they are. 
100%. And celebrating those small steps along the way feel really good. I mean, think about it, even, you know, the different apps that you use, even though we know that this is UX designed um, experience that triggers dopamine in our brains. Whenever I hit my 10,000 steps on my Fitbit and I get those little, you know, explosions and flags waving, I feel really good. I do a little dance. I love it. I agree. And I think, um, you know, when you when you celebrate and it's coming from an authentic place and you really believe that, you know, there, there was accomplishment, uh, you're dropping a coin into your 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 uh, self-esteem bank. You know, you feel uh, like more valuable. You like yourself more. So, yeah, I think the, the little thing, the little celebrations are super important. And I, I can't overemphasize how important this is for your clients to experience with my own coach. Um, when she celebrates my successes or calls out something really wonderful that I'm I've done, it sh- it usually shocks me mm. because even though I have wonderful, supportive, awesome friends and family, and we have a wonderful, awesome, supportive team, um, I don't have a boss. I don't have right. anybody that uh, day in and day out says, "Holy shit, Noel, you just did this thing." And so when it comes from my coach. I'm like, whoa, okay, I can really accept this. And it feels so good. And also it's because um, most of us, we can't give it to ourselves, right? We minimize accomplishments. I mean, rarely do we actually give us uh, that that celebration, that pat on the bat uh, uh, or anything like that. That's why it takes another person to do it for you. It, It does. And a lot of people don't have um, that role filled in their lives. You know, it came from our parents and teachers when we were younger um, and as adults, you know, and and so I guess too, that's important for the coach to think about taking on that responsibility of saying, I'm going to be that person for somebody else. I'm going to celebrate my client's successes. I'm going to show up for that person so hard that they feel it from me. Yeah, I... um... I love that we're talking about something that is overlooked and uh, a lot of people may feel like, oh, you know, is that really coaching, um, <laughs> you know, celebrating uh, your clients' wins and accomplishments? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's super important and I think uh, um, we need more of it in the world. It's it, it just encourages people to do more and do better. Yes, it super duper does. I will never forget, and, and we're going to do it every year now, this past year for our um, company holiday celebration, we all just sat on Zoom. Yeah, and I remember. Each of us took the time to uh, just individually go around and tell each member of our team what we saw and valued about them. And I think we were all sobbing, you know, by the end of it, because it was so moving to hear yeah. that, to actually create space to celebrate individuals like that. Noelle always comes up with the most amazing um, exercises and interventions for our team meetings uh, that have nothing to do with uh, performance. I mean, you know, uh, and this is a good thing. It has everything to do with uh, team building, coaching, and um, humanizing ourselves. So, yeah, that yeah, was one of them. I, thank you. And and I can share a little bit about the philosophy behind that. It actually fits right in with what we're talking about. This is this is coaching philosophy. How do you build positive organizations? You center, just as you would center the client, 
you center your team, you center the people who work for and with you, and you really focus on their well-being because the theory goes that when people feel connected, loved, supported, and cherished, then their nervous system calms down, they open up their prefrontal cortex, they can use their brains to a fuller extent of their capacity, they do better work, they're more productive, they're happier, period. Yeah, I think they believe in themselves more. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, you know, it, it is authentic and coming from my heart. And I and I do um, every time we run something like that, you know, my intention is to provide a beautiful experience for our team. But it is also part of a larger philosophy around positive organization building. And I hope to model that for other businesses that are looking to invoke a coaching culture because we have a really good culture. Yeah, journey. Yeah. And I'm protective of it. Yes. And, uh, and it's, it's needed in other, other cultures. Absolutely. Yeah. And that doesn't negate the work, which takes us to, um, our final phase of, of, or, well, not super final kind of middle phase of coaching, which is actual planning and goal setting. That, and this is the part where I think this is the most visible and familiar part of coaching, that you meet with a client, you collect information, and you establish a plan. And when we're looking at coaching as a whole, it's interesting to me that this planning and goal setting is, is really the most visible aspect of coaching when, in fact, it's, it's a nuance. Mm, explain that. What do you mean? That's interesting. That's a nuance. So, yeah, we've been working through the ICF core competencies the last several podcasts, and we've hit on maybe 13, 14 um, competencies that go into coaching. And planning and goal setting is just, it's, it's a subset. It's a subset of the entire um, discipline of coaching, and it's just one small slice of what we need to do. It's, a, it's an important part of the coaching experience, but it's a small part of the coaching yeah. experience. Yeah, and, and I think this is one of the misconceptions. I think a lot of people think that uh, this is most of coaching, planning and goal setting, and it's not, mm-hmm. right? It's not, and and it, it is an, it's a necessary component, but the, the larger work of, of coaching is developing your client as a whole person Yeah, to get them to be able to identify strengths within themselves, to get them to be able to determine between significant things and trivial things for themselves, to accomplish a goal in one arena of their life and then know how to do it for their whole life for the future so that they can go on without you. To get them to not need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it's, them to not need you. Yeah. It's the same goal we have with our children to get them to not I need know. <laughs> you. You have such a long way to go, John. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, how do we do it? You know, as coaches, one of the skills that you develop is you listen to someone and they're telling you all about their life, and you're able to just distill it down, pull out the important points, mirror it back so you can consolidate all of that information and say, All right, this is what I think I heard. Given that, what do you want to do? So, it's, um, you know, it's a conversation, it's uh, uh, coming up together with your client, uh, what the goal is, and also what the plan is, getting buy in. Yeah. 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 And you're, you're doing it in partnership. And there are two pieces of this that are really important. When we're setting goals, remember that there's the main goal, but you need those sub or leverage goals along the way. 
And so we need to make sure that those sub goals, those smaller goals are attainable, measurable, specific, and have target dates because yeah. the target dates anchor the action. If you leave it without a date assigned, then it's just kind of goes into the void of, well, maybe someday. Yeah. And a good way to remember this is um, the word SMART as an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. Um, mm -hmm. yep. yep. Specific, measurable, measurable. attainable, uh, realistic, uh, and target date. Yes. Time sensitive and also realistic, but the other word is also relatable so that your goals are all lined up with um, your true north and you know your, your, your 30,000 foot view where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I like the the metaphor or analogy of thinking about um, planning and goal setting like dating, right? Mm. I've heard um, from so many folks out there who are dating who are like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody said, yes, let's get together. And then when you actually went to go set a date for it, they fall off the face of the earth. Mm. Yeah, especially today. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially right. today. Right. And so if, if you're really serious about something, you need to set a date to do it. And there's no way around it. And then the second part of planning and goal setting that I think is so super duper overlooked in coaching, and guys, it's really important, is if the plan isn't working, change it. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think we're so used to holding on to and forcing us to do this one plan that we think is, is going, going to work instead of uh, adjusting and changing plans. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because what we're doing when we set these goals, when we set the target dates, when we're um, saying, yes, I'm going to follow through this action, we're experimenting. Mm -hmm. to, we don't yet know if this thing is a go. You need to figure it out. And if you come up with data and your client comes to the conversation and is like, well, I tried that thing and it was no good, terrible idea. Okay, everybody step away from the plan. We need to regroup. We need to set a new one. Yeah, that's just, that's kind of like a matter, that's just life. That's how life is, you know, and the people that hold on to their plans that are uh, wrinkled and outdated uh, when they're holding on to them so tightly, all it does is create anxiety. It creates a ton of anxiety and it doesn't actually allow for effective forward movement because right. just because we think something will work doesn't mean that it actually will. So we need data in order to figure out, well, you know, what is an effective thing? Yeah, there's no learning. There's no learning. Yeah. Um, relating it back to my Fitbit, I was working with a trainer and um, and I was hiking like a bajillion miles a day and I'm pretty active, um, but I wasn't gaining um, in the areas where I had goals for mm -hmm. fitness to mm -hmm. you know bring up my resting heart rate and to shed some pounds. And I was like, what's going on? We needed data because from, from an outside perspective, it would seem like I'm a super active person, which I am. Right. What we discovered is that I wasn't getting my heart rate up high enough, mm. that I am I was I am so active that I needed to push myself even More. harder to right, actually right. get that heart rate up. Yep. Um, so you know that was a huge piece of learning, and I needed to adjust the plan. Sure, absolutely. So I mean that's an example of the importance of data, and especially with uh, uh, fitness and uh, even nutrition and and uh, all of that. Data is everything. I mean, without it, there's nowhere to go go from there. 
Exactly. And, you know, when we're talking about data, this is also, you know, thinking about the area of love and relationships. If, if somebody has a goal where they want a life partner and they have their five non-negotiables and they start going out and meeting people and they're like, you know, I think I need to shift or change these. They're not mm -hmm. really working for right. me. Right, right then you need to expand your perspective on what you might be willing to bring into a relationship and how yeah, it's going to go for you. I totally agree. I think that's um, something that uh, many people who are frustrated with dating, they're, what they're doing is they're, they have this checklist and it's you know got like spaghetti sauce on it. It's from 1992. Um, and it's the same thing that they've been holding on to forever. And uh, so they're not getting any new uh, data or evolution on for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've, they've forgotten that they've changed as a person since right. 1982. Right, like it's, right. you know, we need to um, grow with ourselves as it yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to take up with the final, the final piece is uh, managing progress and accountability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. this, this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. This one is, so we have the plan, we know we might need to make adjustments and week to week, whether you're texting with a client or whether you're hopping on a call or whether you're working a program, you're asking your client how things went. Mm -hmm. And account accountability, I mean, that's huge. I mean, people love, um, people love for them, their coaches to, to, to make them accountable. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why they want to coach. Yeah. And it's so tricky. It's so tricky to, to, I think, emotionally to get into the habit of holding someone accountable. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and especially for young coaches, there's this um, really mixed up perception, perception like, oh, I have to be a badass. I have to be a hard ass. No, no not yeah. at all. You know, it's a conversation. You know, how did it go for you? Did you call that guy back? Did you talk to your boss? Um, were you able to get that workout? Did you lift that weight? What happened? It's coming from a, a genuine place of non-judgmental curiosity. Yeah, that's such a great point. Um, most people, when they think accountability, they're thinking the iron fist. And that is a very two-dimensional cardboard cutout of accountability. Uh, what Noel is talking about is, again, meeting the client where they are, right? So processing and uh, asking a lot of why questions, not not blaming and taking a me measuring stick to the cl the client's uh, you know growth. Oh yeah, what it what it actually feels like for me is when I hop on calls with my clients, it's like reading a novel. I'm getting the life updates. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting mm -hmm. to hear the story and tapestry of somebody else's life and oh my god, what happened? What happened since we've talked last? Like tell me, please mm -hmm. fill me in. Right. Um and then for the client being able to give that download in a non-judgmental space is such a relief. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, this is the process. This is uh, uh, how we facilitate learning and get results from our clients. Um, and if you ever thought about life coaching or if you're listening and, and, and this is getting you very curious, come check us out at journey.co. Yeah. And, and we do this, our coaches do this for and with each other mm -hmm. in their own lives. And so if you're saying, wow, I really need this process applied to me, um, come on down. There's a whole community of people who are learning how to do this, doing it together um, and building really cool businesses and doing awesome work out there in life. Yeah. And Noel, thanks for facilitating learning for me and uh, giving me results in my life.
Yeah, same, John. Same. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Be well. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.